Hi, I'm Martin McDonald. And I'm Sophia Fabili. The Thousand Islands Playhouse may have closed its doors this season, but our podcast lives on. While the artists are waiting in the wings and aren't on our stages, we're connecting with them at home to hear how they're exercising their creativity during the pandemic. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast, at home edition. Welcome back to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast. We are absolutely delighted for our guest today, Marcia Johnson. Let's know all about her. Okay, during the pandemic, Marcia has been busy directing audiobooks and doing dramaturgy. Her play, Serving Elizabeth, got its start in the 2017 Thousand Islands Playhouse Playwrights Unit. Its world premiere, in which she also acted, was at Western Canada Theatre in Kamloops and was supposed to be slated in, as TIP, in TIP's 2020 season. Other plays include Binti's Journey and Late. As an actor, Marcia was last seen in Ontario at the Blythe Festival in the New Canadian Curling Club and 1837 The Farmer's Revolt. Marcia has also written award-nominated radio dramas and opera libretti. Also an advocate, she is co-founder of the CASA Award, juror and dramaturg for Ergo Pinkfest, and a core member of Got Your Back Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Marcia. Yay! It's Yay. so great to be here. Hi! <laughs> Hi! Um, so, uh, we like to start off uh, with our guest's drink of choice, as always. Yes. So, we ask them to bring mm-hmm. a drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, that we can have while we're mm-hmm. chatting. So, we feel like we're together, even though we're apart. Marcia, mm-hmm. what are we drinking today? I am drinking a Clamato juice. Um, it it would be a, a bloody Caesar, but I have to keep my wits about me because I have two auditions to prepare for after this. Lovely. Well, we have <laughs> we have Caesar. Yes, and she gave us the option. She said we can go Clamato juice or Caesar. We decided to go Caesar. <laughs> we decided to go Caesar. <laughs> so, would you say I, what? I what would do you have too? Do have you have two. like a specific uh, favorite part of a Caesar? Like, do you like yours extra spicy or extra dark or with horseradish or with a bean or what's your Ooh, no, Caesar order? I really want all that stuff. Um, <laughs> I I like that satisfying celery stick that mm-hmm. you crunch when it's done. Um, I love a good rim, you know, because uh, I I'm such a sodium addict. You know, I try mm. not I try to cut it down, but. Oh, that just feels so good. Like I make it all the way around the glass so that the rim is gone. Yeah. Nice. I feel yeah. <laughs> it feels like the drink. Yeah, it feels like you're like you're like drinking sodium, but it's so delicious. <laughs> um that's awesome. Uh, so set the scene for us a little bit, Marcia. Where where are you right now? We're here in Gananoque. Where are you? Um, I'm in Toronto. I'm in South High Park. Um beautiful. in a beautiful Victorian house. I just moved here April thirtieth. Um, moving in a pandemic is not fun, Yeah, but I landed in a great place. I'm living with a good friend who I've known for 27 years and two of her sons, and uh, it's great. Yeah, you were it's, showing us uh, your beautiful, like, stained glass window before, and you've got some nice French doors behind you. It looks really nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so lovely. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So, Marcia, Marcia is a writer. She's an actor. She's an advocate. She does all of the things. And one more thing, which we were going to talk about today. So as, <laughs> as we know, our, our podcast is about talking talking to artists who would have been our, in our season at the Playhouse and asking, what are you doing to kind of sustain your creativity during the pandemic? So we know your answer, Marcia, but tell everyone <laughs> listening in. 
well, when I was moving and I was clearing off my bookshelf, um, I had a bunch of children's books. So some of the books I bought to have ready for gifts, books that I like, and some is for when children are visiting and I can read to them or whatever. So I thought, well, before I pack them, why don't I just read them on Facebook? So I, it had just started with on my phone and uh, the images were backwards because I didn't know how to get into selfie mode. Um, and then I moved and somehow like it just, I just kept getting better at it. So instead of on my phone, I was recording on photo booth on my Mac. And now I have a virtual assistant who, um, who does the finishing touches. She has credits and music and uh, a link to the uh, the writer's website I think at the end. It's its own page called Hello, It's Marcia. And we've I've read about 125 books, 130 books so far. That's awesome. So you were inspired <laughs> by moving, but you always had a collection of children's books kind of on hand? Yeah, I, I used to volunteer for a charity called Performers for Literacy. And uh, they did two things. One of them was go to schools and read books for children and act them out as you're reading them to get children more excited about books. And I did that once or twice. But what I really enjoyed was on Saturday mornings, they had this little storefront in Gerard Square. And um, I would just read to children and then they would do crafts. And uh, and I just really enjoyed it. So uh, now it's turned into this thing. <laughs> and I'm really loving it. I'm, I'm reading some of my old favorites, like Miss Rumpheus, um, and the whole theme of that book is find something that makes the world a more beautiful place. Um, and then there are just these new, the new writers that I, I didn't know named Mo Willems, who has this hilarious series of books, uh, Elephant and Piggy books, and they're just... I just picked up one for the library today. The illustrations are so great. Like, you know, just, you know, an elephant who stands up and is almost the same size as the pig and their best friends, you know. Amazing. I, I just, they're just, they're, one's coming up about the pigeon who wants a puppy and the pigeon just doesn't realize how huge and terrifying a puppy is. Oh, they're just so funny. So I love books that have something for adults as well as children. It's amazing. On our way here, we were saying uh, bye to Brett Christopher as we're heading out the door. And we're like, oh, we're talking to Marcia. We're off to do the podcast. And we're talking. Marta, do you want to take over the story? Because I feel like you were there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> leaving. And he's like, oh, you're going to talk about the children's books. Oh, ask her about Mrs. Rumpheus or Miss Rumpheus. And we were like, that's her favorite. And he was like, I know it's my favorite. I know. Anyway, it's a book I've never read. So I got I I to gotta get on that. I know. I I first read it to Natasha Greenblatt when she was two years old. I was babysitting her. Oh, my God. And um, I said, what story do you want? And she pointed to Miss Rumpheus. And so I'm reading it, and I'm getting towards the end, and I'm crying. And she's just giving me this look like, ah, mommy and daddy cry, too. (laughs) (laughs) But she knew it was coming. It was very patient with me. And I've given it as gifts to so many people over the years. Just a beautiful book. Have you always had an affinity to children's books? Like, has it always been a part of you as sort of a person? Well, see, I learned to read really young. Like, I was born in Jamaica, and kids go to school really young. I think it was about three. So I have no memory of not knowing how to read. So I was reading chapter books. I was reading books 
beyond my age really early. So I missed a lot of children's books. So when I started babysitting, that's when I was discovering picture books. And I was really enjoying them. So I I guess it's sort of me kind of rewriting my childhood maybe by uh, learning about all these wonderful books. Like I never had Goodnight Moon or Runaway Bunny. Like those weren't read to me. My, My parents would tell me, stories made out of their heads or whatever. I'm really excited because my three-year-old niece has just learned, she learned to read the book, but she, I think she's just heard it so many times. It's one book that she now reads Mm. to other people. Oh my gosh. (laughs) My mom took a picture the other day of her reading to the neighbors across the fence, like these two little (laughs) boys. And she's got this potty book. It's about learning to go on the potty but she's reading it to these Mm -hmm. kids she's three years old she doesn't know how to read it well there's something so like nurturing about someone reading to you even marcia or marta and i um prepping for our podcast we're reading articles aloud to each other there's something just you know to prep because we're we're both reading the same things we might as well read it out loud but um my question for you marcia like you're a playwright and a writer have you ever written written a kid's book um i i it's in the works um i uh, an artistic director who'd been watching the videos said, have you thought of adapting one of the books or writing an original yeah. story? Yeah, that was going to be my question. And um, she suggested a book to me. It wasn't really the right fit. And uh, I pitched her an idea based on my first year in Canada as, as a little girl from Jamaica. And she liked that. So that's due uh, in a few weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can... If you you. can- pull out one of those stories that you said your parents told that I haven't been turned into books yet. Maybe you can make one of those. Uh, no, my, my parents told like stories with morals, like and um, things that would happen to children right. who were naughty. Sometimes <laughs> their heads would get cut off. Okay. That's more my dad. Gotcha. That's more my dad. Gotcha. Maybe, maybe, you know, <laughs> grim, very grim, like, yeah. And not even necessarily from the brothers grim, but yeah, but <laughs> it's just my, and I think because there's so many refugees in Canada now, I just want to tell a story that it gets better because, you know, I got here in May and it was a little cool, but it got warmer and warmer and warmer. And then it started to get colder and colder and colder. And I hated it. I hated it. Yeah. And, uh, and now I love snow. <laughs> I think it's so beautiful. And if we have a gray winter without snow, that's when I'm depressed. But when you go out on a day when it's all falling down, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So, like, as a kid, I learned, like, winter is so long. If you're just going to stay inside, which I did my first year, stay inside unless I was going to church or school, like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. And there's a lot of fun stuff to do outside. Mm-hmm. And how, how old were you when you came to Canada, Marcia? Six. Six years old. Yeah. I'm so interested to hear. So are you? So you're writing a you're writing a book or you're writing a play for young people. I'm writing people. a play, and my goal is to have a companion book. Amazing, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I mean, I mm. love that. There's something, uh, you know, that it sounds kind of like there's it's been snowballing. If we can use the snow analogy, <laughs> that you started with this one thing, and then now you have a virtual <clears throat> assistant. Because I was gonna say we were watching some of your videos, and in the beginning, like I can see now that there's like the graphics and the music, and it's she has production so, value now. You have you have really <laughs> nice production values, and now it's just kind of keeping going. I love that this has been like what started as a spark is now like this beautiful kind of blossomed. Mm awesome thing yeah well and I used to it used to be like um 
it was the thing to get me out of bed and dress at least from the waist up every day. <laughs> I was combing my hair and doing yeah. my makeup every day. So it was really serving a purpose. So now I do a bunch at a time and send them to my assistant to just post on the days that I, I, uh, I say that they're to go up. So I have, to, it's like, oh, right. So now I have to find that structure in my day again because that beginning part is, is not there every right. day the way it, it used to be. But, you know, um, I always find something to do. Like I'll find a way to boost it or double check that, uh, the thing got posted, um, but yeah, um, yeah, it was a a nice surprise. Like you know, because I bake sourdough too. I I did other things, but <laughs> yes. this is the thing you did the that's classics. going to stick. I say, yeah, yeah. And so do you have? <laughs> go ahead, Martha. Oh, I was just going to say, do you have um, other favorites, like other recommendations for maybe the parents out there, or future parents, or children at heart that are your favorite children's books? Other than the uh, well, I would recommend Mo Willems, who does the Elephant and Piggy books yes. and, and other series of books, and The Pigeon, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. They're <laughs> unique as children's books because a lot of children's books, they have this beautiful art and whatever. And meanwhile, these are like comic strips. Like you, they'll have like the same two characters on every page, but the words are really big and there's a lot of repetition. So I think that really helps children when they're hearing the words, they'll recognize them after a while. And it's a really uh, a subversive way of teaching children how to read and the stories are just so funny. So I'd recommend Mo Willems. Jan Thomas, uh, her, she has books called Rhyming Dust Bunnies and My Toothbrush is Missing. And the same thing, really colorful um, repeated pictures and words all the time, like you know the this poor. I can't remember what the animal is who's missing his toothbrush, and they keep searching and they keep coming up with things like that's not my toothbrush because he describes things because that's an egg beater, that's whatever. <laughs> and uh, so, like the cow, after a while, says, "Well, so I, I guess I'll just go back to polishing my hooves." And it's like <laughs> using the toothbrush, like <laughs> and like the like parents and kids love that kind of stuff. It, it's just ridiculous and. Kids are learning something, even though it isn't a, a book with a moral or anything, you know. Marcy, I should. Lesson. I love that. I love some recommendations if people are listening in and looking ahead. It's nice, always nice to give a book for a Christmas or birthday present. Yeah. Um, one question I have, which is a little bit um, in a different direction, is you direct audiobooks, and now you're mm-hmm. performing as, uh, you know, uh, books on Facebook. P.S. You can find her page on Facebook. It's called Hello, Hello, It's Marcy. I hope you can go check it out. And so can you get like, what is it like to direct an audiobook? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for just about three years now. Yeah, because I was directing my first audiobook and then leaving and catching the train to Gananoque um, three years ago no in way. December for the reading of Serving Elizabeth, or Heavy as the Head, as it was Heavy called the then. Heavy as it was called, yes. So, yeah. And I, I've i directed readings and workshops and things like that. I, I would never consider myself as a director of theater. I, I just can't see things that big. But I, whenever it's something where you're supposed to be focusing on the words, like if it's a play reading, like you don't want actors' performances to get too much in the way. It's the words that are the star. Um so it just seemed like a good fit. And a friend of mine who I met when I was at CBC Radio was a, a radio dramatist. And also I was an intern doing all kinds of production work there. 
she was leaving and becoming the head of the audiobook department at Penguin Random House. Wow. And we got to talking, and I sat in on her directing something. I said, yeah, this seems really comfortable for me. And, yeah, so uh, I, I, the main thing about audiobooks that's different from radio dramas is that thing that I said, let the words be the star. If you're too busy emoting and people are trying to listen to what's coming next, uh, they can get a bit annoyed, maybe. Mm. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it, um, and there's such a market for it, particularly now. Yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. just for the folks listening in, can you give us an example? So you're just saying, like, balancing the emotion versus the, the clarity of the text. What would be, mm-hmm. like, another piece of feedback you would give to an actor who's performing a radio book? Because part of me, like, I don't, yeah. don't know that world. So what yeah. what would be, like, a note that you would give? Well, just make sure you have distinction between narration and dialogue. Mm. And if there's more than one character having dialogue in a scene, that you're being distinct. Now, some people, the route they take is their voices really change for each character, which is fine if you can keep that going and stuff, because it's written out um, as literature, not as drama. So we'll get a good sense of who's talking when. Um, But um, there's some people who they're just, doing the lines without really changing the voices a lot, but you can still tell. It's hard to describe, but um, no, I'd say my I one of my favorite saying. audiobook readers, his name is Will Patton. He's a Broadway actor, and he's done most of the contemporary Stephen King books. Oh, wow. So 11, 11.22.63, uh, Finders Keepers, Mr. Mercedes. And when you're listening to him, you swear you're listening to a crowd of people. Wow. That's awesome because I feel like I really love the idea of an audiobook, but I haven't, other than the author, I haven't found a reader that I love. So maybe I oh. will check him out. Yeah, unfortunately, there are some people who don't give great performances. <laughs> what always makes me cringe is when people mispronounce words. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Particularly if they're words like they're not English words. I mean, you've got to show the respect. And, you know, I do a lot of research before directing a book and some of the stuff I go to YouTube or the dictionary for, but some of the stuff I go to the author for because not everyone presents, uh, pronounces A-U-N-T the same way or Mm. S-C-O-N-E the same way. And I just want to make sure I get what they are used Mm -hmm. to and what they want. So detailed. Um, So circling Mm -hmm. back to Hello, It's Marcia, have you received (laughs) any feedback from your fans? Other than us saying that we love it? (laughs) I, I've been having some surprising things. Um, uh, some friends of mine or friends of friends with young children, they now have children who know my name and my face and my voice. <gasps> like they, if they put on a video, they'll come running oh, into the room to see what we're <laughs> um, And I have a friend who's, I met at a playwriting conference in Cape Town, and she's from Zimbabwe. And she's got all her young mother friends listening. It's their way of helping the children learn English. Oh, my God. Is it me? And the third thing is a few um, men have let me know that um, they find my voice very soothing and they listen to me at night. Oh, well, my goodness. (laughs) Not expecting. (laughs) How did they find your page? They are friends of mine. They're they friends, friends of yours. Of mine. Oh, it sounds like maybe more than friends soon. So, how many dates have you gotten out of this? <laughs> Hello, it's Marcia. Hello, Hello it's Marcia. Well, I was 
I was wondering if there's like ASMR in my future. You totally. Because people are saying they're enjoying the sound of the pages being turned. Yeah. Well, I think that's what I mean is so there's something so tactile about it and calming. Calming. Like when we were watching you, you know, it just kind of like instantly brings you back to being in like grade one and like on the carpet. Yeah. On Mm -hmm. the carpet listening to a story. (laughs) And and I now I just feel like I'm, you know, joining the bandwagon. But you do have a really beautiful, soothing, gorgeous voice. Oh, thank you. You are, yeah, you are fantastic at this and it's such a joy, such a joy to watch. Thank you. Yeah. Which ones did you uh, watch just out of curiosity? We watched, we watched a bit of the one today. Yeah, the today one. And we what watched was the, oh, the one with the beach. The, yes, the, yes. the beach with the lion. Yeah. Well, we went back Is in it? time too. We skipped through a few just to see the different mm-hmm. kinds. When, yeah. when you're outside, you're shooting outside maybe earlier in the summer? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I So it's a beautiful backyard and uh, it, it just was getting too hot. I was just glistening by the end. <laughs> That's the fair. That's yeah, fair. I feel like I remember one where you were wearing a hat. A big hat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, helped for a, it helped for a little bit, but when it's a longer story, it's just, it's just too much. It's That's too fair. Much, Amazing. So. Well, um, yeah. I think we should probably segue into our last segment, um, which is mm-hmm. called This or That Pandemic Edition. We're going to ask you a series of questions that will break down how you spent your quarantine and what mm-hmm. kind of habits you've developed during this pandemic time. Okay. Sound good? Feel free to expand upon your answers if you need to justify them. Um, Here we go. Early riser or night owl? Both. Both. Wow. So she gets no sleep. Doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. Uh, Sweats or dressed? Uh, Huh. Dressed. Dressed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bake all day or takeaway? Whoa. My goodness. It's not as simple as that. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing either right now. The no. people I live with have been doing the cooking. Well, that's oh, nice. nice. Um, so they are baking all day. Uh, DIY or online buy? Again, both. Both, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. homemade mask or bought one? Homemade. Homemade. Oh, and, nice. and bought because um, young people in my life have been making masks, so I bought the homemade masks from them. Amazing, oh, yeah. Very kind of you. Um, Zoom mm-hmm. party or Zoom fatigue? Oh, a party. Nice. I don't know fatigue yet. Good. Um, Tiger King or The Last Dance? I'm very embarrassed. So you know which one it is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's the Tiger King. I, I, I watched the first episode of The Last Dance, and then that, that was at the stage when they were being released one after the other, and I kind of forgot about it. Yeah. So I'll have to get back to it, but... Uh, That's okay. Yeah, I watched The Tiger King. I know, pretty delicious. <laughs> it's so silly, but fun. Um, working out or on the couch? Working out. Way to go. Read the, read the book or watch the movie? Oh, I guess I haven't been reading books other than for work, so I guess it's watch the movie. <laughs> that's fair. Oh, we've been reading mm-hmm. a book a day, so that's more than most. Um, mm-hmm. What's been your quarantine jam, music-wise? Oh, um, oh, what is it? I can't remember the singer's name. Oh, yes. What is that song? Um, She's an English writer, and I just I found out that because this father daughter had this quarantine dance challenge, and they lip sync to it. So like, 
this, this, you know, this young woman is 20 and her dad who's about 50 and they're just grooving in the kitchen. And it's so joyful and it's so fun and it's a good song. Oh, March is on. March is Standing turned. in a crowd of women, I see your face. Do, 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 do. That's it. Jess That's Glenn, it. hold my hand. There you go. That's it. Hold my hand. Yes, Jess, Jess Glenn. Glenn. Yep. Shout out. Yeah. Hopefully she listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why <And> wouldn't she? <laughs> last question. What's your ultimate quarantine location? Anywhere in the world. High Park. Nice. Right yep. where you are. It's beautiful. Yeah. I just walked over there. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Marcia, thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us on the podcast. You've been a fantastic host. It's so nice to catch up with you. Thank you oh, for your time. Thank you. This was fun. It went by so quickly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we also want to send a thanks out to Mark Hunt, who is TIP's head carpenter, who composed the music for this podcast. Uh, this podcast is produced by My FM Gananoque. Thanks to Terry Lynn for all her help. We're recording today on the traditional land of the Huron, Wendat, and Haudenosaunee people. Follow us on thousandoundsplayhouse.com. Bye, Marcia. Bye, Marcia. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Bye, Sophia. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.